Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 397 of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there, Chris. And Dana Eileen. Hey. And making a triumphant return, uh, Edward Gafton. Hi, Chris. Please tell me I got that right, right? Yeah, you got it right. Okay. We did it. How's everybody <laughs> doing today? It's been a while. Good. Questionable at best. Good Final Fantasy VII day. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, I came coming in hype off that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah. That kind of comes at the tail end of Summer Games Fest, which has been the talk of the town lately. And uh, actually, Dana and Brian, you guys were actually there. We were. We were at Playdays in L.A. L.A. is a place, guys. I learned that this week. It is LA. a place. Don't do it. Just saying. Don't don't go don't do there it. or don't say L.A. Uh, both, I guess. Both either. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was something. We we did do that. Is that where we're starting? Yeah, we're not. Let's, <laughs> let's we go with the end to lead yeah. off with. Oh, everyone turned to robots for me. This should be an interesting podcast. <laughs> Isn't it always? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's something. It's always something. Um, yeah, we got to go out to LA for uh, Summer Game Fest play days, which means uh, we were two of a few journalists. I don't know. How many would you say were there, Brendan? Uh, like 30 or 40. Really? That's all? Yeah, that's all that I felt like more. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> some people. Um, no no public, just uh, journalists and creators mm-hmm. and devs and PR people. Um, it was pretty cool. We got our hands on a bunch of games that are coming out. Um, there were a bunch that were featured in like Summer Game Fest and Day of the Devs that weren't there. Obviously, everything couldn't be there. But we got to check out some cool stuff. Stuff. We were there for two days. Uh, we we did not meet The Rock. I was hoping. Oh, no. I not. did meet Jeff Keighley like several times. I saw your photo, yeah. He has to know who I am now because by the end, he just came and sat beside us. So I feel like we're like this. We're Jeff, best friends now. if you're listening, I want to call you Joff because I've been spelling your name a lot lately. Joff. That Canadian solidarity. Now we're just best friends. Mm-hmm. We are. We are for sure. We're like the only Canadians there, I'm pretty sure. No, Victor Lucas of um, yeah, that's true. Victor Electronic Playground was there too. Yeah, I fan got I fangirled a little about that. We're just like casually having a conversation, and then he walked away, and I'm like, nobody's gonna say. Okay, cool. We we met a bunch of uh, content creators that apparently are very popular, but I do not watch streamers. So there's that. Which which ones? Do you oh, do you remember? Brendan, do you remember any of their names? Which day? Which day? Take your pick. Um, Jake from Game Ranks was there. Uh, Young Yi was Young Young Ye. Young Ye, yeah. Young Ya. Uh, yeah, he was at the Xbox showcase thing. Uh, there was a oh, Level Up, which apparently is um, a big big uh, YouTube creator, and he was there. He's Australian. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. There there were a bunch of them, but I'm really bad at my job you apparently know, all of kind of funny was there too to be fair mm-hmm. yeah so that um running what did you play while you were there oh i didn't did i play all that much i played um no you just went and like supervised 
Uh, I played F1 uh, 2020. 2022. That's the one. Um, it's just 22. F1 22. Was it one of those like uh, simulators or was it just like controller? No, it was full simulator. No, it was full, full simulator. Chair. So they had a full chair and everything. That was that neat. Was neat. Um, but it looks like they've put a lot of work into the game. It looked really solid. The weather effects, the ray tracing, all that stuff looks really good. I do... I feel that it's more meant for people that are really into F1 because they, they really bring in all the rule sets from the new F1 season or Formula 1 season. Mm -hmm. I like the way the tires work on the road, the way the like different drivers, different cars work. It's all uh, like supposed to be accurate. So that really does um, make it so it's someone that loves the sport. It feels like you're part of it. Uh, for the average person, I don't think that stuff matters because they probably won't notice the difference. But it's really neat. They put that much effort into it. Can we just all discuss that Brendan sat in one of those little like on the floor chairs where you're like lying back? I definitely did. Can we just can we all picture it for a minute? Because I missed it because I was at another preview and I was really, really upset. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Super bummed that I missed that. They also had um, VR going with it. So you could have done it in VR. I feel like me trapped in that little like cage thing with a bunch of strangers around me and a VR headset. I would have gone like full panic attack every yeah. time someone was in it, in it. I wanted to go whisper in their ear and freak them out. I did not. I refrained. That's good. So. It's good. It's good on you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it, sounds it terrifying. Hard. Yeah, I got in it the second day because I mm. ended up making friends with the developer. We saw them a lot of times this week. We did. And uh, he just saw me from across the room. He's like, you, because the chair was empty. I'm like, no, I don't. Okay. And then I let go of the wheel a lot. And I'm apparently a very bad driver. So that's how that went for me. Um <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, I got to do some really cool stuff. I got to see Day of the Devs, um, a whole bunch of indies. I wish that they would have done that better. There's no other word. Um, they had two booths. Of, there were only like eight or nine booths at the whole event. They had two of them, and they had eight games, and you had an hour appointment, and they ran you through all eight games. Oof. Yeah. yeah, it was very tight. So I was the first appointment of the event for them, and I started with um, Bear and Breakfast. Yes, that's a, the Romanian developed game. Yeah, is really apparently. Yeah. Wow, Brendan is so frozen. Um, apparently, uh, it's cool. Except when I started it, because I was the first person, I did the tutorial, and I, I don't know if you've ever played any video game ever, but the first six minutes. Nothing really happens. I didn't even know that you built things in the game. I didn't know that you were building a bed and breakfast. Spoiler alert. So that was cool. So the second day I went back and said, hey, that was a bad time. Can we try again? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I got to, you know, build a bed and stuff. So that was good. But yeah, the, an hour for all those games was not near enough. And it was by far my favorite part of the event. Like, Again, we know me with indies. That's not my jam, but there were a few. There was a game called Birth that sounds really awful. And actually, the story is also kind of really creepy. You uh, decide you're lonely and you want to build yourself a friend. So you need to go find bones and organs to do so. As you do. And I'm obsessed with it. I, uh, The developer, I believe her name is Madison. Um, she's like my favorite person on the planet now. 
we've found each other on LinkedIn and we had a bunch of fun and day of the devs took some really bad pictures of me and put them on the internet. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's so enthusiastic about what she's doing and like, she's excited watching people play her game. And it, it was a really good experience. Um, essentially it's like this side scrolling point and click game where there, you solve puzzles and get bones and organs for them. But I, didn't want to stop. Like I wanted to explore everything. And I don't know if that's because I really liked her. Or I really liked the game. We'll find out because I intend to cover it. Yeah. Um, what else? There was a whole bunch of games. There's a uh, time flies, which is you, you are a fly and you have 77 seconds to complete your life bucket list. Isn't this the one with the life expectancy based on the country you choose? Mm, isn't, isn't that the premise? Uh, no. I, I don't so, know. They didn't start me right at the beginning of the game. I started in the middle. Okay. And there was nobody around to talk to at the time. Um, you have 77 seconds as a fly to get through a house and there's an entire bucket list, like learn to play an instrument or and things like that. And this house is not linear. There's no map. You can't see where you are. You've got to remember your way through it, learn each activity, solve each puzzle, and then by the end, get through it in 77 seconds before you die. Hmm. So that's addictive and very frustrating. Yeah, and, and it's not necessarily 77, 77 seconds. It's determined by real-world location. So if you're in Switzerland, you have 84 years, which is the life expectancy in Switzerland. But in Madagascar, no, for it's, example, it's, it's, literally, it's 68. It's literally seconds. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a fly. Why would you have 84 years then? Uh, no, no. The 84 years become 84 seconds. That you get to spend oh. as the fly. That this okay. is what I mean. So, even in the oh, I'm blurry. Even the synopsis that they gave me said 77 seconds. So that's cool. They didn't relay that to me at all. Because this is what I remember from the trailer. Yeah, because like you have to choose the country you're in, and then based oh, on the country really cool. you're in, they decide what the life expectancy is in years, and then the years become the seconds in game for the that's fly really cool. that you control. But then wouldn't you just like figure out what the longest one is and choose that? I. Uh, I suppose it's kind of like a difficulty I slider, I, I suppose, you know? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Now I need to know which one's the highest difficulty. Where's the hardest place to live as a fly? I need to know. Uh, no, that's cool. They didn't relay any of that to me. I don't think I got to talk to anybody about that game. And I, mm. that was the last game I played, I think. So it was already going. Neat. I'm learning so much. Um, I don't know. I could keep talking. I played like 20 games while we were there. Yeah. So those were some of my favorites. Um, I also liked a game called A Little to the Left, which seems really, really basic. It's just solving some little puzzles over and over and over. It's all about like tidying up your house, essentially. There's no real story, but you feel like there is. It gave me like unpacking vibes. Mm -hmm. That was cool. And they were really, really passionate about it, too. So I definitely want to check that out as well. I mean, I the other thing I saw was that uh, Samsung Game Hub, which yes, which I actually really was impressed with, just by the simple fact that it worked. And like five years ago, people were talking about like one day we'll have game streaming and you won't need a console, and it kind of is that. Like uh, Samsung TVs, anything uh, twenty twenty two or newer, we'll just get an update and it'll just kind of be there. And it made it super easy. Like I tried uh, jumping into like an Xbox Live game, seamless, no problems at all. I tried jumping mm -hmm. into, I don't know if you know, uh, Utomic, which is a Netherland-based 
indie, like it's like Steam kind of. Uh, and they had uh, they have a streaming platform as well, and it worked flawlessly as well. And the fact they're going to have Stadia on there, they're going to have um, NVIDIA Go, they're going to have all these different platforms, and they all just kind of work. <laughs> and it integrates it directly within the game, within your Samsung TV, much like Netflix channel or the um, Prime Video, all that stuff. It just feels part of your TV. And it, it's neat to see you able to play all these games with no real upfront cost, especially because you still really can't find a Series X or a PS5 easily. Hmm. And it's fun because you can totally play an Xbox game with a PS5 controller if you want to. It's for pure blasphemy for sake, yeah. Yeah, that's that that's, that's a really it's a really neat concept, like the whole you know, cloud gaming through your TV without the console at all. Like I, I was actually messing around with uh, some remote play stuff today. Mm-hmm. And like that was kind of neat as like an alternative to having, you know, if if my wife's using the TV and I can't get on the PS5 explicitly, I could maybe, you know, use the iPad or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's like a step further. <laughs> it's it's kind of strange to think about a future without the consoles involved. I mean, I think it's the fact that the, they don't really need the processing power. The fact is the TVs are basically smartphones nowadays. So if your smartphone can do it, your TV can also do it. The one downside I'm seeing... But bigger. Sorry. Uh, the one downside I'm seeing is most of the streaming services do a 1080p signal. And the TVs that they were showing it off was a, were 4K. So you're basically up, so it's using a lot of upconverting. And then you have the uh, the fact that if uh, when streaming you lose signal, whatever, it much like probably the stream at some points, it'll get all pixelated. So the latency might not be the problem, but the video quality might suffer at random points, which mm-hmm. you don't see on a full console. So you will have that. Although when playing it at the event with really bad event internet, it worked fine. I didn't see any kind of pixelization. It looked really smooth. So maybe it's great, but also they were like, I can't imagine many people using that service at that time because it wasn't even in beta so you know Mm. but i think it was really neat the fact samsung worked with these partners to make it so it has that low latency if someone turns it on it works which is something that a lot of people that might be wanting to play games but don't want that monetary investment it removes that barrier it makes it so something that like someone that might say i really want to get into xbox but i don't want to buy a 500 dollars console it takes that barrier to entry away and they can just jump on their TV. Although the TV is on is on three grand. So, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but, um, it makes it. So if you have it, but now you don't need both. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So you, if you put all your money on one TV for the Super Bowl, you can still play Madden as a weird example. I'm using in this situation. Did you just sport? I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You are not welcome here anymore. <laughs> Also, are we allowed to say it, Super Bowl? Are we going to call it the big game or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brendan, there is like another kind of important thing you saw. We're going to pretend that you forgot about it. Street Fighter Six was literally oh, yeah. the most popular thing there. Literally the, the most the show, popular right? thing yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. That's the one I have the most questions about. Yeah. On our front page, yeah, I have so two big previews just... from both of you. Street Fighter Six yeah. and Sonic Frontiers. So I was trying to break us up there so it wasn't yeah. just a monologue, but Brendan chose Samsung. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, Samsung's cool too, I guess. No, Street Fighter Six is it feels like Samsung. Wow. It feels like <laughs> Capcom. There we go. Different corporation. Ask me what Brendan really liked. <laughs> um Street Fighter Six felt really 
an improvement on five. It, it's using the engine of five, but they've made it so there's ways for people to jump in that don't know the game. There's the different modern move set, which is it's uh, RE engine, right? For Street Fighter Six, yeah, okay. Uh, so it, if you have the modern control set, you literally jump in and it reduces the normal six button layout to three. And then if you want to do like a um, uppercut, you just do up and whatever, and, and up and uh, the punch. So it just it makes it so much more streamlined, much, much, streamlined, much cleaner. So people, I don't find it that, complicated though. Like I don't sport game or sport game fight game. Fight yeah. Fighting is a sport some places. We're going to pretend that's what I was going with. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't play those games. And I jumped in and won every match that I played. Mind you, it was against a computer and I very likely had it on easy. But, like, the, the controls yeah. aren't complicated. But maybe that's because I had just come from Sonic. Sonic was a nightmare. We'll get there. But, like, I, I don't have an issue with the controls. So I don't know why they need to be easier. Do we need to button mash harder? Is that necessary? Um, I think what it is is... People that like so basically what they've done is modern is very similar to how you'd play like Smash Brothers, so a much more simple control scheme that basically anyone can jump in and kind of just get the gist of. The twelve uh, the six button system is a you need to know where you're doing. You need to know what uh, hard punch is, what uh, heavy punch, whatever it's called. I, yeah, hold on, we did have like a little map of the controller. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> there was a map. So and then there's the new um, like meters that let you kind of really do different moves that make it a lot more visually exciting. Also, I feel that they've taken a lot of that bloat out of the situation. I mean, we're still playing a demo and the demo is designed to be as streamlined as possible. So you won't really have as many like menus to go through and stuff like that. But Street Fighter Five took, it sometimes took a while just to get to a match. And for people that just want like, I want to play against my friend. Give me a sec. It's going to take us for five minutes. We're going to get through all these menus mm-hmm. and then we're going to get going. This felt you can go in and out of matches in seconds, set, even setting up your different control schemes, setting up your outfits, setting up everything. Super easy. And it was something that seems like they've taken the community's complaints and the, and the tournament people's complaints and made a game that just delivers a fighting game experience that you can jump into, enjoy, and it caters to both new and old players, which is something that I think the series needs. Mm. Does it have rollback uh, netcode for the online? Do you know? I mean, it does have rollback network code. It was not in the demo I was playing because I wasn't playing online, so I didn't get local. Yeah. So I didn't really touch on that at all. Uh, But they've announced that it will have rollback network code. Yeah. Great. Okay. That's kind of a standard like these days. If a game doesn't have Mm -hmm. that, why bother? Some don't. Still, some are real weird with the netcode. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence when they when they announced this. Like, I Street Fighter, I've kind of lost interest in that series over the last couple of years. But the more I hear about this, the more I'm kind of coming around on the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, so it's good to hear that <laughs> that it was like a good positive experience for you there on the on the show floor. And I think still the most exciting thing about it is the overworld is being in Metro City. The appeal of like a story mode that you you know you get to actually go through and it's like a it's, it's a city it's a hub town it's not like an arcade mode uh five had massive problems at launch because they didn't have any story whatsoever and then they added it yeah via dlc but that was not what people were looking for in any case yeah no i, I think this one feels much more realized i mean why you is still cut out of marble <laughs> but i'm i'm totally for that i love Ryu, yeah 
Yeah, he is. He's buff as hell. It's great. It's just great. He's somehow more buff. Like I don't think he, they could make him any more buff. But he is. They, he is really buff. They added like twenty Chen more Li pounds of muscle. Thick. I am the only one that's allowed to say that. Yeah. Oh. What to be fair, her, her, her legs come up to almost. I, I can't say anything. The, her body shape is real weird. <laughs> Always has been. Yeah. How's uh, how's the new character? How's how's Jamie? I think it's Jamie and Luke, right? Luke Luke is in five, but I think Jamie's new for this. I kicked his ass. They're fine. I, I <laughs> thing is because Chun Li and Ryu Ryu are so iconic, and they've made them so statuesque. Everyone else looks kind of silly next to them. You're like, oh, here's Ryu. He's coming out looking all ready to fight, like being all soul. And the other guy's like jumping off of walls and drinking a, drinking some beer, some liquor out of his jug. Thing. I did not see anybody drinking in the playing of this game. Just uh, he has a little jug on his side or whatever. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just water, you uh, Captain clarified that it's not alcohol, actually. Yeah, there, it was a oh. weird statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then he's Cough syrup or something. Water, yeah. whatever he's doing. Um, so you, you do have that dichotomy of also the fact that the street art aesthetic they're going with makes everything kind of colorful and exciting. And then you have Chun Li just kind of coming on, like, yep, I'm ready to fight. And Ryu's like, yeah, oh. so he's not drinking alcohol, but he's drinking a special drink. Is okay. what we know. Probably alcohol. I think that's yeah. just moonshine, guys. He made that in his bathtub. It's it's yeah. codeine, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, like you do have that, like they seem much more bombastic than the classic uh, fighters. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it felt fun to jump into, so it worked. At the risk of sounding like Brendan and I are taking over this entire thing, I will make this last one short. Um, I got to see sonic frontiers Ooh, i'm gonna make weird voices uh that was a thing that i played yay yeah i mean how was any that? questions I... from the class <laughs> i mean please i i love sonic i'm 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 eager to know more about frontiers even though it would, it would break my heart no doubt i think on our I... last episode okay. we were saying like it looks sparse and like what do you even do in it so tell us what do you even do in it? i don't understand why it's open world um my biggest open question zone. when i left when i left the 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 whole thing was who is this game for sonic has like forever been a family franchise forever that's like one of the first video games i remember playing and i probably haven't touched one since i was a kid but it's but it's so um, edgy like even shadow the hedgehog was so edgy even though family so like franchise but so edgy <laughs> yeah he does eat chili dogs i mean come on yeah oh i want a hot dog anyway um focus uh i can't figure out who it's for though because it's simultaneously too hard and too easy so that's fun uh brendan sat and watched me for a little bit and sometimes when when i'm learning a game i i think that i'm an idiot and i'm like why is this hard this shouldn't be hard and it's something that after you do it for a while you get used to it and it becomes like muscle memory this game stopped me i had 30 minutes with it stopped me every minute and a half to teach me a new button combination whether it was jumping or sliding or combination to combination to combination that created a new combination. Like I, no child will be able to play this game. Like I thought kids would have trouble building in Fortnite and I was wrong. So I don't know, but uh, I, I couldn't, 
I gave up on the tutorial eventually and just went, well, I'll figure it out, I guess, because it teaches you all back to back to back to back to back to back. And then you can go back in and keep playing the tutorial, I guess. But it was so many button combinations, so many things to learn all at one time. And it was really, really overwhelming. And I thought it was just in my head. But any other journalist that I talked to said, yeah, no, that was annoying. I just wanted to look around. And it kept saying, hey, learn this. Hey, learn this. Um, And then you're in this big open area. But why? Um, The biggest complaint that I had was that, you know, when you play a level in Sonic, you go through and you kind of master all your tricks and all your turns and you can go back and replay it and replay it and replay it. One of the big, like, whatever you call it, there was a rail in the sky and rings. I want to call them coins every time. And um, so-and-so's memories, all these things to collect. So I went and launched off these balls that were up in the sky. And when I launched off them, they disappeared and I missed what I was going to collect. So I went back, but they were gone. So that was it. I had one chance to figure out how to get that while still learning the game. I don't know if the tutorial will be in a separate area of the game or later. Maybe this will be when you're great. But yeah, no, one chance. They were they were gone. It's like, okay, Sounds- that... Hopefully, like that's a just, bug or something. I hope yeah, so. Because, like, I'll, I guess I just won't play this game because that, I'm going to fail a lot, yeah. like so much. So, um, that was probably my hugest complaint. Like learning the game, you learn controls over time. Even if you do have to go back, maybe you'll play Sonic for six hours and you'll manor, master them all. Thirty minutes, you will not. Um, I still don't really know what the story is. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's going to be yeah. in. Yeah, Infinite or Chaos or Eggman is going to do something. It's going to be great. Something, something, something. Got to go fast. Something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some small puzzles. Uh, I Again, I don't know. Maybe they'll be different later on, but they were almost too simple. Like there were three statues in a row and the middle statue you just needed to make face the way the other statues were facing. Usually there's like a symbol and you have to create a pattern or something. It was just like, nah, fix this crap. So the controls are for adults, but the puzzles are for children. Yes, absolutely. Perfect game game for edgy teenagers, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I couldn't make sense of. Because, like, I can't throw this game at my kid because they'll never be able to do the cool stuff. And they're going to get frustrated with a lot of the, like, collections and things like that. But then you throw me, me, not even, like, a good gaming adult. You throw me in and I'm like, this is so easy. I want to, like, I want to go to sleep right now. But I thought it did look pretty cool. Um, I know that they have some things to fix. I didn't have a lot of bugs. There was a little bit of chugging through cutscenes. Um, but uh, I, I didn't experience a lot of problems with that, so I can't speak to that. But it it looked like it could be cool, but it's empty. There's just grass, and then you jump up in the sky and grab some stuff. Uh, combat is just mashing a button. Hmm. Just a button. Uh, I eventually learned one move that I could hold down a button and run around him and let go, and it would like cause damage. But that was it. So, so like my, my I don't kind of know. impression from IGN's first look at it before Summer Games Fest, the environments looked like they were like a tech demo that they'd set up mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the preview or something. But it sounds like you're kind of running through the same area. So, like, I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be what the whole game is like. These big open. Yeah, it, it had kind of a tech demo slash what if we were Elden Ring, but also Sonic feel. Mm. Yeah, I just I I can't 
usually I could I can look at something and say, okay, this is early or okay, this is for kids or okay, this is where we're at with it and I can justify things. But like I said, Chris, actually, like you said just now, the puzzles are for infants, not even children, like newborn babies. And um, and then the controls are, I don't know. I literally at one point at my big giant screen, because we were on massive TVs from three feet away, had Ooh, probably... Just, they were huge. <laughs> yeah, they were. Had probably eight different combinations in a row filling my screen. And that was something I was supposed to do. And one of them is like, click your right stick, but also press one of the buttons. Like, ha- that that's that's one thumb. But so, like, I literally did this. down I, to one button for you, too, you said, right? It like, did. This was just for, like, spinning and, and getting around. This spinning up walls and stuff like that. Mm. I, I can't. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out that I'm just an idiot. But Brendan watched me. Yeah. Like, I made him supervise me so I didn't look like an idiot because <laughs> I hadn't played a Sonic game in so long. So I don't know. Uh, I, was, I was just about to ask how it compares to Forces. Have you played Forces? No. No, I haven't. Okay. So this is a bad hmm. – that's the bad thing about my previews. I have nothing to compare it to except, like, childhood. But, yeah, I think it's supposed to be Sonic for adults. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's supposed to be a little bit more complicated than Breath of the Wild, but they just haven't figured out how to fill it up yet. Uh, it's troubling considering that they have doubled down since the preview started to say that we're not like delaying this. It's it's almost ready. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're I don't, it's, good, guys. it's definitely not almost ready. If this is I ready. think after Summer Game Fest, they're going to change their tune because I didn't talk to one person that wasn't like, Ugh. we'll yeah. see, we'll see if they do a, a, a Sonic movie esque reworking. <laughs> they yeah, were right. they were interview. There was an interview in which the Sonic team uh, lead said that unless something dramatic happens, this game will deliver. Will be their day and date. Because there's well, petitions on Twitter about delaying it. saying this is bad might be something dramatic. <laughs> I think we've learned from Sonic Team that they will yeah. they will deliver jank. Remember Sonic 06. Remember all of you know all of modern Sonic almost. Then Unless, then my advice would be no. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was gonna say maybe that maybe they're showing off an older build. Like maybe it's not where maybe. the game's fully at. I don't Hopefully, know. right? We do that. Then. That would be a really bad time to do that. The first gaming event in like two years. Yeah, right. let's just show them that old shit. Well, let's, um, let's my advice in that case, if we think Sonic is just going to like do its thing, I would guarantee that there will be significant updates to this game. So do not buy it when it comes out. Do not pre-order it. Do not be on Certainly board do not pre-order one. a Sonic game. No. Unless it's it. Origins, I suppose. Or many. Yeah, Origins, there... yes. Origins looks tight. Yeah. yeah, Chris, you're pretty excited. I mean, even that. though with the with the add-ons and then the the yeah. premium collections and versions, that's a bit dodgy. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's dodgy, but it's still. Yeah, yeah it's and like I, I don't think I spoke here. to one person that that was like, yeah, good game. I want it to so. be good. Like the mm-hmm. it looks like there's some potential here. It's just I can't like make sense of it though. Version. Yeah, like mm. I can't make sense of how Sonic is going to be like open zone, open world, whatever we're calling I mean, it. It kind of reminds me of the original like Sonic Adventures in the Dreamcast. It kind of looked like that. Some of the move sets were very similar to those that I never found good, but I'm too young for this conversation. I love Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, the adventure one was really good, yeah. But it, I, the control scheme was never great. It was always kind of like, yeah, this is what Sonic should work like in 3D. 
it worked like in 3D, I guess. Why not? Uh, and that's kind of how this worked. It, it, it worked, I guess. Um, but it doesn't look intuitive. And I feel that that's mixed with the um, less than ideal like setting might make it very hard to play. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to move on, actually. So if you had something else you wanted to... Uh, just the other two games I played, I'll mention really quick. I played Star Trek Resurgence. Um, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I jumped in. It was, if if you like Telltale games, it was a lot of fun. It is actually made by people that came from the company that made all the Telltale games. Um, I got to talk to the writer, like the lead writer. Oh. Um, another really cool, I wish, I didn't know that was happening. He just kind of sat down and started talking to me or I would have recorded it for an interview because it was a great talk. Um Star Trek is something that my dad loved. Uh, so I grew up around it, but not a lot. And now that there's games like this, like my dad's been gone for 11 years now. And I think it would be amazing to see what he would think of things like this. Like he used to be like Mario Golf in our living room, six feet away from the TV in a chair. So to see this kind of game come out and, and that it wouldn't be too complicated for him and he could sit and enjoy the story and make choices. And there's even a flying sequence where I was like, no, this is going to be bad. Cause we discussed my driving earlier. And he's like, no, I promise it's fine. Like you don't know me. No, he was right. It was fine. It was super chill. <laughs> um, but listening to this guy talk about it, he had that same, like it, it came from the same place in his heart that it was for me. Um, he said it was a dream come true being able to make this game. So, oh, I'm a little emotional. Um, <laughs> that's a new octave there. Sorry. Um, so that was a really cool experience. Even though I'm not a huge fan of of that sort of thing, I think that anybody that is, this game was made by people that absolutely love what they do. And he said anybody that didn't love Star Trek does now because they had to learn real mm. quick. Um, and then I also played Lego. Where in, which, where in Star sorry, Trek is, what's the time frame? Is oh, it God. all, is it next generation? Is it like original series? Do you, do you know? Uh, I know it's right before the movies, the newer movies. Sorry. That okay. So that. before so the like reboot. The yeah. Movie. Yes. Yeah. I asked that okay. question and I'm glad I remembered just now. Uh, I believe it's right in between everything. So I was like, I'm at the, the 2009 movie is actually one of my favorite movies, which is Hmm. we don't it's not star trek to me it's just a movie um so yeah it, it was it was cool i think it'll be a lot of fun for anybody that likes the telltale style game and anybody that likes star trek uh he said there'll be some little cameos and things but you don't have to know hmm. everything about it there's new races there's you know stuff like that hmm. um and then yeah the other game i played was uh lego brawls which i got into last minute i didn't even know that they were going to be there um I actually had a blast playing it. Usually, again, the fighting games, I'm like, bleh. Um, Chris, get it for your kids. <laughs> both of them. They can both do it. <laughs> That's um, awesome, it? Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, you're going to button mash if you're Wii. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Lots of stuff to collect. There's Jurassic Park in there, Ninjago, a couple other franchises I wasn't quite familiar with. Um, lots of character creation uh lots of different modes to play so that is my very short preview for that because i'm not doing a preview for it but it, Wait, so it it's was really so it's good. not just lego original it's also lego franchises like licensed right yep yep okay. absolutely yeah so uh uh jurassic park was one ninjago was another i'm trying to remember the other ones that were there i think there were some other kids ones but it is the like the licensed lego franchises and can you so, can you use the 
bricks from the franchises from like Jurassic Park and creating your character and stuff or is that um I didn't see any of those specifically but I think you probably can I believe okay. it's all included there'll be different levels for that there'll be different so the way you create your character you've got your hair your head your shoulders your body your legs and your weapon I was a mermaid ice cream cone with, I don't know, something really weird. So, like, it, it, it was a lot of fun. You can save up to 10 characters. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a lot of fun, especially for people with kids or anybody that's a fan of, like, the, the whole, like, Smash world, if you will. That's it. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> no, that's uh, thanks for the uh, hands-on impressions there. That must have been pretty exciting to you know, demo all these things and but not so I played 13 yeah. games in one day. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. That's the dream. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this all being part of Summer Game Fest, which is filling the void for E3 this year, there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, what does this mean for the future of E3? And like, is this going to be the norm from now on? We know the next year mm. Summer Games Fest will be, a, you know, an in-person and online event again as well as E3. So you'll have both kind of competing for the headlines and showcases and whatnot. So how do we feel about how Summer Game Fest went, both from having been there and from having watching it remotely like Ed and I did? Um, How do we feel about this being like, you know, do we want this to be the norm? Do we want this to be the successor to E3 or what? I do. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, There's probably different reasons. Now, I don't know what it was like for someone at home and I don't know what it was like for somebody who came from E3 because I didn't do either of those things. Um, I covered E3 remotely last year and even that was a lot of chaos, but yeah, everything that I heard from other journalists at this event, E3 is always chaos. It's running, it's stress, it's cramped, it's appointments, it's fighting for games, it's fans and journalists and creators all in one spot and it's a mess. So, being able to walk in. Now, this was my first big gaming event. I was able to walk in and it was completely chill. Like, it was a little crowded. There were Twitch robots running around. I believe I, we all know I'm a little snippy with Brendan maybe sometimes. And somebody's Twitch stream definitely caught it because I turned around and the girl was like. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm a little I'm a little cranky when I'm hungry. Um, but uh it was definitely a weird experience, but um, I think it was great. I think we got the time we needed, the way that I managed our schedule. Um, we actually had almost all of our appointments in the first day so that the second day we could go back and re-experience the things that we wanted to, which I absolutely needed to. I also got to go play a lot of the games that Brendan had appointments for because we had split up everything. Um, so... I liked that that was an option. I liked that you weren't waiting in a line for three hours to play five minutes of a game. Um, There are a few things I definitely think they can improve. Um, I think it could be bigger. I um, I think there could be more places to work. It wasn't really writer friendly. Like Mm. there were some small benches in a dark room that you could sit on to type if you wanted to or outside. And L.A. is not a nice place to sit outside. Yeah, it is warm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, how that being said, E3 is supposed to come back. Right. Yeah. 
so I I am ninety eight percent positive that Summer Game Fest will still happen. I think Jeff Keighley's already said it. Yeah, they've, they've announced yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and and from some of the questions that we've been asked and some of the things that we've talked about with other people is gauging what they need to make it better. So I think they're aiming to go bigger. I think they're aiming to go better. I just don't know how, and I don't know how that comes into play if E3 comes back. Because in past years, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of big companies have pulled out of E3. Brennan, you said Microsoft now stays in their own theater, right? Yeah, because I mean, they have that Microsoft theater, and even they used the um, Novo this year. So they have places they can just do it themselves. And same with Sony. Sony usually does something off-site because they don't really need to have the full space. And, my, and Nintendo's been doing its Nintendo Directs for years now. So what used to be all kind of in the E3 show or around the E3 show just kind of uses the fact people are in LA to do their own things. And EA itself, EA as well, is one that usually will set up a little thing in West Hollywood. And you now know how far that is from the floor. Yeah, that's not cool. It's not cool, bro. <laughs> that's <laughs> not close. They kind of did. Um, so I, I do think that E3 is going to be have a place there. But as more and more shows like Summer Game Fest and Microsoft Fan Fest and stuff like that happened, there's just less reason to be in the convention center rather than just, oh, E3 is also happening as I'm doing these 12 <laughs> other things. And that's kind of what happens... Now, Brendan and I didn't go get to go to this, the Summer Game Fest like event. There wasn't an actual event. Like It was just the stream. There weren't people there watching no. it. Um, and if there were, then they were top secret people and uh, were perhaps fake. Um, but like we, all the journalists were flying in that day. So I, I was getting off a plane when... No, we were watching Summer Game Fest on the plane because I bought Wi-Fi. We were, yeah. It didn't go well, <laughs> but... Um, Granted, you weren't supposed to be on the plane still at that point. But. We were not. That's true. That is true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that events. I think I think those should remain for fans. But what happens to the fans that want to play the games? Like E three, they got that chance. I don't believe it was cheap. It was a few hundred bucks. It wasn't cheap. And that's um, not counting the trip there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering. If they could, because FanFest is the the Xbox thing that we yeah. were invited to, and that was fans and journalists, and I think that was a little much. And I don't, I don't think it was for journalists. I think it was definitely for fans, and we just happened yeah. to be there. Um, so I'm wondering if there is a way to break that up and and do more of a summer game fest thing for journalists. Oh my god, it would be like, you know, when you're in school and you move from class to class. Just move the journalists right. around mm-hmm. from venue to venue and let the fans go from venue to venue and we'll just swap. I mean, they could do what Gamescom does. Where it's I, was, first, I was thinking that, yeah. You know, the, first the first three days are just press. And there's like, basically it's barren other than press. And then after that, they're like, no, press is done. And then the public just kind of swarms in like a title. I thought E3 did do that. No, no. E3 basically was the full E3 event. I think it had one half day or something like that that was press only, but even then it was kind of like, you get this morning. Yay. Uh, and then whereas... you're fighting for access with the public right after that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, I've, I, I totally think the, the, the public want to see this stuff. That's fine. But it doesn't work if, if you have an appointment and you're stressed about making it and you're having to fight through a wave of people just to make it like 100 feet. 
Because okay. to be clear, the appointments are back to back to back to back. There's yes. no like 15 minute window. There's no, no. I literally booked us from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. And thank God when we got there, the booths I could throw something at. Yeah. Um, Brendan at PAX, I, I also handled the schedules. That's what I do here at CGM. And he may not have liked me at the end of the first day. <laughs> so um, like that's just how think- it works. I think the way Gamescom does it, where they actually do basically, you have the public spaces, which are the giant showrooms that have the massive statues and the really bombastic layouts. But they also I want to see that. Room. But the press room is basically what they did for Summer Games Fest, where it's a bunch of meeting rooms. And they have like three to four consoles. And they say, you want to come in here? We have appointments. And that's how you do it. That's all you do. And after the three days, that press area just like literally just... Closes up shop and it's just not there on the fourth day. Hmm. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like basically, have Summer Games Fest for the press, have E3 for the public, have the same things basically in both places, but the press have the developers. But they all have site. to work together. Yeah. Now, as like you guys watched it from, from home, from wherever, right? But also mm-hmm. along with PlayStation and Xbox mm-hmm. and Day of the Devs and uh, PC Gamer Fest. And please, there's probably 47 more, right? Right. How do we feel about that? Like how many they're broken into now? Because even us with Summer Game Fest happening, a lot of those developers that were there and part of the show also did their own show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah so, I, yeah, Edward, yeah. so yeah, so this was one of the problems that we faced last year and two years ago where it's so disparate that it's like, oh, what's happening at, at any time? And no one really knows, it feels like. It's always like... It's like, oh, Devolver's happening now. Cool. I suppose I, I will tune in, but I I didn't really know. Or like, oh, PC gaming show, like Day of the Devs is happening. It's it's all like segmented and fragmented, and everyone wants you to go to their stream to follow their platforms to do this. You're you're being tugged in multiple directions, and also I don't think they use their time their time very well. I think there's a lot of like filler. Uh, PC gaming show is a very long show in general, but I think it's a lot of game. It's a lot of filler. And I think that's what happened with the Summer Game Fest kickoff as well, where I was like, okay, well, it's a lot of stuff, but none of it is the the big hits because the big hits now, oh, PlayStation got Resident Evil and Street Fighter 6, cool. Xbox got its own stuff, you know, like everyone kind of keeps the biggest hits to themselves. So if you're Summer Game Fest or anyone else, what do you get? What is there for you to, you know, for you to tout? To say, hey, like we have this major game that you're interested in, and yeah. I feel like everyone else is fighting for scraps, and it kind of makes for a weaker showing from everyone. And mm-hmm. in, in in a sense, E3, one of the pleasures of E3 was that, like, oh, you know, you get to tune uh, to watch EA, and you're like, oh, nothing really hit for me, but it's fine because Microsoft is tomorrow. Oh, don't like anything from Microsoft. It's fine because Nintendo is tomorrow, even if it's not EA, it's, even if it's not E3, it's a direct or something. This time it was like, oh, this is kind of over. And then two days from now we have Capcom and then just multiple events. Even the Dragon's Dogma event, two event that was tonight. Why wasn't that yeah. part of the Capcom show? You know, why wasn't Final Fantasy part of PlayStation? And that's the thing, right? There's just too much going on. Like, I think um, as much as I hate, like, making everything work together because i like the fact that these these there's so many ways for studios to get their messages out there it becomes overwhelming like pc game show makes sense it only has pc games sure whatever um but when you have 
PlayStation, Xbox. Capcom has its own things. Square has its own thing. It might have a few things. Xbox, um... But you know what? We're looking at this as journalists. Go back to me three years ago. I was a fan. I was a gamer. I didn't play PlayStation. I played like two PC games. Hmm. Okay. I didn't care about Nintendo. Shh, don't tell them. So I would have sat down and watched the Xbox show rather than okay. sitting through how many hours did we sit through E3 last year? Plus oh, all God, the extra yeah. stuff. Yeah. So as a fan, I think it kind of makes sense. Um, it, it sucks if you love everything. Like yeah. that's hard, but I don't think anybody really does. Like Chris, uh, I don't think you would have been super pumped about the Xbox show, right? Like you tuned yeah, like in. I had it on the background. I I, I, yeah. I had it on to see like what they announced and stuff, but I, like, I mm. got really weary of it halfway through. But yeah, uh, but you were probably pumped for PlayStation and the Final Fantasy thing tonight, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When my, did I my say, hey, is that happening? <laughs> My counterpoint yeah. to this is that so many conferences have announcements that impact every platform holder. Yeah. For example, yeah. for me, I'm a big Persona fan, and I play on, uh, primarily on PlayStation, but the Persona announcement wasn't the Xbox conference, even though it, came, it comes to everything. It clarified the day after. Yeah. It was, it was basically like, oh, by the way, it's coming to everything. We just kind of announced their piece. Exactly. Throw uh, the extra money to have the 24, the eight yeah. hour exclusivity on that one yeah and but it's strange yeah, but it's strange because now we're in a space where you kind of have to watch everything like even nintendo directs yeah. if something gets announced for switch they don't tell you and then you find out oh it's also coming to steam or it's also coming to this platform so like yeah. you still kind of have true. to watch everything to just get a sense of what you are playing even if you only have one platform yeah yeah because you can't like a, a lot of games will come out for a whole bunch of things right so i can't right. just I can't just watch Xbox. So that is hard. I'll, I'll give you that. No. That does make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know how to fix that. I have I, no fix. I'm out. And, and, and I'm to, to your point about like watching as journalists, right? Like there's a lot of people out there who look to outlets like us yeah. and like, you know, the other ones out there to be like, Hey, Oh, there was a thing going on. I didn't even know Summer's Game Pass was a thing or I didn't know <sighs> this studio was doing a show tonight. Now I know about this game coming out. Mm. So like there's people who are super into this stuff problem. and then there's like people like us, the journalists, journalists, and then there's like people who are just like, oh, I play, you know, a game if it pops up on my but, Facebook feed or something. But I think that's a big problem because we're viewing it as either journalists or extreme fans and there's mm-hmm. the middle ground of people that are like, they... I am the middle ground. Yes. But I you... am the middle ground, so... That's why I'm There's a a group of people that will never watch a press conference. They'll be like, oh, I'll go to IGN and see what they said about it. So Mm -hmm. if they make it so hard to cover everything, Mm -hmm. things are going to get lost to the cracks. No matter how many journalists you have. Like, I think IGN had 18 journalists covering Summer Game Fest. That's obscene when you consider the fact they probably missed some announcements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also... so much. Yeah, go ahead. Case in point, even preparing for this podcast, I was like, oh, I wonder what was announced in the past two weeks. There's yeah. no place in the internet I can just search what's yeah. what's been announced in the past two weeks and I can have a full list of just everything. I had to Google Summer Game Fest and then PlayStation and then Xbox. I had yeah, And, I, and then I had to, to make my own list. Yeah, and you also have to know the name even, of the conferences. Yeah. Even us, we did a roundup like before of all the shows and when you can watch them. And I am 99.9% positive we don't have them all. Because at the time, mm-hmm. some didn't exist. Or I, 
just didn't know. And that's insane. We are probably some of the best knowledgeable group of people, not like us out of everyone, but compared to your average gamer, how many of us do we have chatting and and talking about the things that we like and the things that we're excited for. So to be missing those huge conferences is a huge deal. And especially when they're going on like competing with each other, like Mm -hmm. day of the devs happened right after summer game fest, but while everyone was flying down for Mm -hmm. summer game fest. Yeah, that was a problem. And the the way that the coverage worked for it, it was, well, it's it's just after Summer Game Fest. We don't know when that's going to end. Right. But it's just after it. This so, is also a problem. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> even with, it's like, also a problem like, oh, sorry. Stream. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, just, I was, I was, I was just going to say, like, even today, you know, they announced this Final Fantasy VII live stream like a week ago. And then just yeah. last minute, Jeff Lee was like, oh, I'm co-streaming it. So. That makes it unofficially a part of Game Fest, which I think he did that with ago. everything. Yeah, I think he just and, showed yeah. up. He's like, "I'm here, guys. Yeah. What's up?" <laughs> and and this is kind of a problem for me, at least personally. When I watch PlayStation, I was like, "Ooh, there's a summer Game Fest logo," but they, we we never like acknowledge it. It's kind of like this: like, what is summer Game Fest really? What is part of it? When does it? Yeah. When does this stop? I, we we understand when it kicks off, but like, when does it? What is included? What isn't part of it? You know. And even with yeah. Nintendo, we expect a direct just because it's June, because they usually have something around E3. So it's like, it kind of makes it weird because of E3, not because of Summer Game Fest itself, but because we have a precedent for all of this, right? So it's like, mm. I wish they were more transparent. We're like, hey, here's our ma- here's our schedule. Here's like an official like Summer yeah, Game Fest like thing. Even they all did their own things mm. under one title, even if it was E3. Right. Um, yeah. Everyone in at Summer Game Fest was calling it Key Three, for- right? Or not? Not so, E Three, yeah. Not E Three, right? Um, so, e- I don't care who it is. Batman. If it's under Batman, that's cool. I'm talking with my hands a lot today. Um, <laughs> just so we could have that, even as as an outlet. Brendan got an email that said, "Here are all the shows happening. Figure it out." That would help. <laughs> Because we're looking at IGN, and IGN is looking at, I don't know, no one, because it's IGN. Um, but we're all looking mm. at each other to be like, hey, when is that? And when do you see this? And as, as a journalist, it's a complete shit show. But as a fan, it kind of is, too. Yeah. 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 And and I feel like this doesn't happen with the other massive conferences. Gamescom doesn't have this problem, even though it has opening night live. Everything is under the same general umbrella. Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like all also doesn't have this conferences. It's just based, North America. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it's like Gamescom just has yeah any conference like there's going to be random things around Gamescom, but they're just going to call it Gamescom, and they're like right. The, there'll be like the EA Gamescom show or the whatever, and they just kind of. Gamescom is that even like a week beforehand they have some little like announcement things and it's just like yeah it's part of Gamescom just accept it whatever yeah even I remember for TGS the year I went Capcom had a showcase I was just like oh this is our TGS presentation I'm like yeah. cool that's it it was still separate they still did it like I don't remember if it was earlier or later it was still separate from like the main show but they were like hey this is our like TGS showcase showing whatever but they still like named it and they were like we still kind of want to be part of the same group even though we do it on our own I think it's basically the fact that there's kind of a toxicity around E3 so people are trying to separate themselves from it but without that anchor 
it's hard to really say well what's things and what things what's going to do what what's going to be really the, the showcase of the thing and you have the fact that jeff Keighley's great and he's doing a lot of stuff mm -hmm. but you have xbox saying well that's jeff Keighley's thing we're going to do our thing over here and as great as he is it's hard to compete when massive publishers are saying they want to be the one anchoring everything and how do you compete against that no matter how big of an entertainer or a producer you are it's hard to compete against companies that basically can buy everything mm -hmm. microsoft yes. yeah well and it's it's, it's all funny too right because like the whole the whole thing before the pandemic was you know everyone's not coming to e3 and like yeah. you know sony sits out one year or you know the studio wants to do their own yeah. thing and they all kind of drifting away from it pandemic hits now we're kind of getting back into like this new summer games fest thing and everyone's yeah. coming back into it and doing their own thing it's like well why were you moving away from it like why were we ditching e3 in the first place where we're just replacing it with this show that's trying to wrap itself around everything that's happening in june and i think the problem like, is it was a cost thing because e3 charged so much for that booth space so people yeah. were like well we'll do our own thing so we don't have to pay for mm -hmm. the booth space and they'd still say yeah i guess this is our e3 showcase whatever they didn't pay anyone to do that or whatever. They're like, yeah, this is the one around E3, sure. But I think the ESA got so greedy with what E3 was that people tried to go away from it so they could use that money to do other things. But then as soon as you don't have that draw, it just kind of disparaged things around June. So it's like a June announcement period conference. Now, and that doesn't really have it. Hold on. So, Brendan, you've been to a bunch of E3s. Sure. Edward, has have you? No, only TGS for me, no. Mm. Okay, but you've been to like major events. You've been to yeah. that kind of thing, right? Okay, then Chris and I, this conversation is for you. That being said, how everything is working, mm -hmm. do you still want to go to E3? Yes, I do. Um, Me too. So I'd be mean, like, I always looked forward to this time of year as a fan you know, 20 years ago with the game magazines and such, right? This was always like the best time. You know, there'd be that big fat issue on the, on, on the newsstand of mm -hmm. uh, trying to gaming monthly or whatever. And it would be full of information. There'd be 40 games that you hadn't heard of before that were all coming out. And it would be so exciting and, and whatnot. I, I, I remember being on forums and stuff and being like, it's seeing people who had like gotten into E3 before it was public. Like people got in like on shoddy media passes or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, trick the system or what have you. And just got into the show and like were, were like showing all the stuff they picked up at booths and all the things mm -hmm. they saw. And it sounded so exotic and that that, that just got more pronounced when they opened it officially yeah. to the public uh it sounds really great and like i was i was, I was listening to some uh to, to a podcast with some polygon staffers who were saying like yeah e3 used to be great because you could meet other journalists and like mm -hmm. have a conference like a professional thing where you met with people especially when you work remote which pretty much all yeah. of us do now yeah. <laughs> like I, I've Dana and Brennan like I met, I met you guys twice in person once was just two <laughs> weeks ago at comic-con so yeah. like in the in two years how dude. long have we been here yeah exactly yeah so like i i really do think we need e3 in a lot of different means yeah. um like i i think the in like the journalism industry needs it um for the camaraderie mm. and like for the you know the professional think, but does it need it. to be e3 or is that I mean, just because we want it to be because we didn't get to do that i haven't heard one person be like yay a e3 like we got to do that at Summer Game Fest, and I think as they get used to mm. it, I think it will get bigger and bigger. And like I, I like I said, they were asking us what we thought and how we felt yeah. and how they could better mm. serve journalists and creators. Um, 
so I think we could get that out of this eventually. But mm. if E3 comes back, I don't know. I feel like Summer Game Fest is my new mom. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think we need both. So here we are. Exactly. Here, here's the pitch that I've kind of okay. come up with. And you can pass this okay, along to listening. your new friend, Jeff Keighley. Uh, Thank you. you know, we all know your best buds with him best. now. Um, he has here, no here idea who I am, just so we're clear. <laughs> he will not so remember. the ESA me. and Jeff Keighley need to just combine forces. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. stop competing because it's just going to dilute everything and make it a total mess. We yeah. don't need Summer Game Fest and a new rebooted E3. It's just going to be confusing. So if they could work together, that'd be great. If it was an event <laughs> that it. had a couple days for media specifically... So a couple of days for like people like us, like oh, let's like us to get in there, interview devs and stuff like that. So we're not competing with people at the pre- at, at the public event. Mm-hmm. That'd be great because that's just going to piss. That's going to make everybody else happy because mm-hmm. <laughs> people aren't having level of the line cut so that some guy from IGN can go play a game, right? Yeah. A couple of days just for the media. So say it's like a week long event, Monday through Wednesday, media, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday through Sunday, public, and then yeah. throughout you have special curated online content. <laughs> Because we need mm-hmm. that now, right? Like, just the way we things do. have gone and with Nintendo Directs and all that. And they have been doing that. Yeah, they have been doing that. There's a lot of previews online on Steam what as well I'm for a lot of the games. Right now, mm-hmm. What I'm anticipating, um, I know Brennan's done some writing about this topic. Um, I am predicting fans coming at journalists saying, well, you know, you guys just want all the games for yourselves and it's not fair, we need to play too and blah, blah, blah. And again, remember... We are gamers, so I totally get that. But they also come to us for their coverage. So do you want my coverage to suck because 10 million people were playing the same game? Or do you want to give me a day or two? Ooh, I'm yelling. I am feeling things. (laughs) Or do you want to give us a day or two to deal with our crap so that we can tell you? Because like I said, those Day of the Devs games, I got six minutes tops with each of them. So though I was able to form opinions with some of them, I didn't even understand what some of them were. Like so media yeah. events and press events, or sorry, media events and public events are very separate beasts, right? Mm-hmm. They have different needs yeah. and different. Well, you wouldn't give right? movie reviewers three minutes with a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's so much so. more profitable, right? It's, it's about the money. But here's the thing. I'm going to throw it out there. Fanfest did fine. <laughs> yeah. But if you throw it out there, <clears throat> I'm sorry. If you're looking at E3, as you want it, you the fans think that they don't want any separate thing. It just means that either the journalists are going to butt ahead of you in line and they're going to play the game whatever time they have to arrive. If you're next in line, that journalist is going to go next, or no journalist is going to write anything because they're not going to wait in a three hour line to play a single game. No journalist has that time. And we learn things about the games that somebody just walking and playing them. Like, yeah. not many fans are going to sit down and talk with the person who developed the game yeah. or wrote yeah. it or designed yeah. it uh, those are all the same thing but you know what i mean i mean they're different things yeah well yeah but they're under whatever it's fine there's an umbrella under it get on board yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but like as someone who sat e3 fomo like forever you know mm-hmm. it's always been a very exclusive event because you had mm-hmm. to either you'll be able to go to la to go to it or you just didn't partake so like yeah you know, yeah. the people who go to E3 and play it are a very small group of people. I'm going to so, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. there E3, like some games I said, like maybe 40 to 50 journalists. I don't know the exact numbers. E3 would have thousands. 
You'd have everyone right. from like you'd have, Mitsu will send twenty people. If IGN sending us twenty people. You'll have someone in Germany, someone in like Brazil. They just send everyone, every magazine, every small. Outlet. And you know what? That LA Live area we were in. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. You can just split them all up, wander from place to place. That's but, a thing. Yeah. We've been practicing is, bar hopping for years. I can do it with gaming. My point is. Um, to try to fit all those people and the public and have anyone have a good time, you need to find a way to split that up and actually make it so. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, my classroom idea makes sense. Split up each of those things. Everybody gets a group, like college for me, we were all in different sections. Uh, Last names A through F went here. So whatever, outlets here to here, go start at the... Novo, and then these people start at the Microsoft Theater, and then the next day they're at this theater, and then yes, we're not all intermingling the way that we want to be, but that's what the parties are for, you know. Yeah, I think I solved the problem just now, guys. I did it. <laughs> I think there are ways to make it work. Yes, and, but I, to make it work, I think Jeff Keighley and Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo Batman. and Activision and everyone are going to need to work together to coordinate. I don't know if it needs to be. They all call it Summer Game Fest. They all call it E3. I don't care. Just make sure there's no massive overlap. And the problem with uh, mm. Summer Games Fest was there was overlap. You had people playing stuff at uh, Summer Games Fest play days while there were other conferences randomly going on. And you can't do both things and have them covered properly. How many people did yeah. you hear while we were there, Brendan, that had to stop and go cover something else? Lots. So, and and... Mm. They're not all small, like one person outlets. I'm dying. No. <laughs> so that that tells you we we can't do it all, yo. Yeah. Yo. Well, actually, one okay. one last thing to before we move on to like just sure. the whole the main Silver Games Fest showcase to me felt really grindy or very samey, and it's partly because. So many space. Was, yeah, was space. Everything was space. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's a coincidence that can happen any year. Like you know, it happens all the time where you have even like the last Nintendo Indie World had a bunch of games mm-hmm. with similar themes or visual styles. Yeah. It happens. But just like it felt like the game awards without the awards, and it was just you know I mean, the constant fair, Keely introducing stuff and it, it was. It's like it that kills exactly my enthusiasm what... for the other shows, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't want that twice, I don't need that twice a year. It was very much. He produce, uh, Jeff Keeley's group produces great shows, but they have a look, and that's fine. But it also does mean that when you have a few of them a year, they do lose that special spark that makes them so much different. To be fair, yeah. that's not just on Jeff Keeley. The Xbox, which we really haven't talked much about, the Xbox um, showcase, we'll felt also very much like the Game Awards. They all, when they're all remote and it's all a bunch of like, here's going to my next random pre recorded screen, they will all feel like just a standard trailer reel with a bunch of intermissions. Okay, but that being said, things can change. This was the first year. Well, it wasn't the first year for some. Just hold your horses. Um, Things can change, all that jazz. We know this. But. The Game Awards, I don't know if anybody remembers us sitting through the Game Awards last year going, why are there so many trailers here? Yeah. And us saying, this is just Summer Game Fest. Mm. So I think if they make Summer Big, Summer 
big fest sure summer big fest if they make it a bigger event i think maybe that'll slow down at the game awards or they'll figure out a balance they'll find a a momentum for what i'm hoping i'm hoping yeah it's just like yeah like i i appreciate the game awards more now because at least with that you have the awards themselves to break up the monotony of trailer to trailer to trailer to shooter to space to space and it's like, I, I don't want to sound Which negative. Which space am I in this time? Because mm-hmm. I appreciate the passion you're bringing to it. Thank mm-hmm. you for filling the void that we had this year. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think we can work on the presentation a little bit. as some genuine feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's also the sequence of games, right? There were like weird cuts, weird jumps. I understand the ads have to be there. That's fine. Yeah. But it's just an, uh, the order in which everything is broadcast to you. Strange. Like the R2 trailer. Strange. The Rock being in it. Strange. That it, There's many things that we'll not only... Our next yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but like it was it was just strange. And this happens in the Game Awards as well. But it's tighter at the Game Awards. Maybe because they have more things to show because it's everyone. Kind of comes yeah. with one thing. Nintendo comes with one thing at least. Microsoft is there for a bit. Sony's there for a bit. So it's it's a celebration of everyone. So but they even can with can come together, right? But okay. even with Game Awards, the the one thing that really annoys me with the awards themselves is that sometimes they just brush some of them like off. They just say, "Oh yeah, uh, remember this category that we didn't really introduce? This game won." And it's like, yeah. uh th- this feels like a bit of a blow to mm-hmm. not only us the audience but also the people who are in the race for those awards so they don't really name it i agree with that completely and this isn't defending it necessarily but every award show does that the oscars have a jillion awards that we don't hear they don't even announce you just find them on the internet later i don't think that's right I get some of them are pre-show as well for the game awards, and it's like ah, not even the main show. Ooh. Everybody's important. Main show, like I don't get why there's a pre-show when it's all on the internet. Just have it all one show. Who cares? Yeah, let's just tighten just, it up. Award shows and, and media. Yeah, uh, just you guys stop showcase. talking. Everybody gets four seconds to say thank you and peace. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly, it. I'm gonna yeah. come out with also, a little hook. Before we move on, I must appreciate that they showed Summer Game Fest in IMAX. I think yep. if you're not if you're not able to make it to LA, it's fun to. I didn't do it myself, but it's fun to go to your local cinema if if they show it to just like take your friends and make it an event, right? It's fun, it would be fun to like see it in IMAX. I didn't go. I I think they have showings in the UK. I'm pretty sure about it, but. I think that is a good way to bring the show home with plus demos, plus previews on Steam on whatever platform. I think that is the future of like, hey, like, that's let's... what they did with FanFest too, though. Like yeah, FanFest wasn't in person. We still watched everything on a screen. Now, mind you, there were special guests depending on where you were. Toronto had some some Canadian streamers. Um, LA, we were lucky. We got phil spencer and people whose names i don't know because i'm awful but like the head was the one that did a fun story mm-hmm. yeah so like we we got some special things but those weren't technically part of the show those were just people that showed up and went hey what's up you know actually come to think of it too didn't um in 2020 when they first came up with summer game fest to fill the e3 void and you know, the yeah. pandemic and all that stuff didn't they partner with studios to produce demos and stuff like it wasn't there like it wasn't like they did yeah yeah. but even 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 they they're still doing it summer game fest like steam previews a bunch of the games were at summer game fest you can download demos on steam yeah like a much smaller part of it like i are the hero but it's it's not promoted it's not marketed uh uh, uh, in the same way yeah 
Yeah, there like, are they, quite they, a few. It was like a big selling point of the first time. It was like, hey, you know how you, how you never get to play demos at E3 when you're sitting at home? We're bringing demos to you. Happy 2020. Yeah. Like, it was a big. There's over point. 30 new Xbox demos on the way for Summer Game Fest. So that is for everyone to play. ID at Xbox. Yeah. Hmm. That's really cool. Well, we'll see what we'll see what uh, next year brings for our June news deluge. Uh, but uh, should be interesting. There's a lot of ways yeah. they could go with it, and hopefully, we can kind of consolidate and unify a little bit on that. But uh, moving on, I thought it'd be good to talk about a couple of our favorite things that we saw, besides the things that you guys saw the hands-on demos for. Um, so was, Ed, was there anything that really stood out for you over the last two weeks of all these scattershot mm. Summer Game Fest shows? So I think the game of the show for me is Street Fighter Six. I think that looked really well. I think the previews are really strong. I think there's a buzz with Street Fighter that was lost with Five. Uh, Five reviewed poorly when it came out. They kind of salvaged a, a lot of it as it went on. But I think Street Fighter Six is a return to form. People really loved four. I I hope we really love six. I'm I'm happy they fixed the logo as well because that was a big point of contention. Oh, right, yeah. I I love the move towards watercolors and paint. I love how it looks. I I, I think everything we've seen from Street Fighter Six looks like they nailed it. And I think actually everything Capcom has been like stellar. I think this is this has been their summer in terms of announcements. So I think they were great. Uh, Final Fantasy VII announcements. I thought everything was excellent. I don't care about the mobile stuff. It's 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 whatever. But the main, <laughs> the, the you know the main buffet, the the main course was great. And probably my most anticipated thing I've seen is the Plucky Squire. It's the game with the um, illustrator book, the art book. It's right, the yeah. Squire in the book, and then jumping into the real world, and then into this like animated mug. I think that was probably the most interesting new thing. And I mentioned it earlier, but Persona, all of the uh, the modern Persona games coming to all of the platforms is, is really, really good. I'm a bit... Almost. Almost, yeah. It's it's a bit strange to me that Persona 3, which I love dearly, isn't getting FES, is getting portable, which is a, which is a choice. Because portable and FES... Yeah, portable and FES are not necessarily the same thing. And then you lose stuff. I wished we had a remake or a remaster from Atlas rather than just a, a port and nub res. Uh, I don't think they'll do anything with it, but fun to see these like fan favorites come to more platforms. Good to see Persona 5 Royal on PC on Steam. And yeah, Game Pass as well. You know, everything's coming to, to Game Pass. A lot of it. A lot of games are at least. I mean, honestly, I like, I like the fact that they are giving more people a pl- way to play uh, uh, P3. Because that yeah. game is really hard to play right now. It, it takes work it, it, if you want to play that game. You can you can play it on Vita. I have it on my Vita. You can play it. You can still buy it from now the PSP store. Not many, many, but I suggest I, I, I people should buy a Vita. Did buy Vita's now. Vita just come up again. Was it the yeah. Vita or was it PSP? Either way, I'm annoyed. But uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm not are. sure where mine is, but I'll find it somewhere. I, I can show you the Wii U gamepad, but it's fine. Oh, okay. um, your camera's following you. It's freaking me out. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Go for a walk. And, let's let's play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good, good uh, time for an answer. Also, I think the most surprising thing to me, Spider-Man on PC. I think it's probably yeah. the most surprising thing in terms of like I never believed this would happen because it's mean, such a big Sony thing. I think Sony's mm-hmm. trying to play the same thing Microsoft's trying to play. Like, we want everyone to play other than that one console. They can't. Right. Everyone else can. 
But uh, as as a big Spider Man fan, I'm I'm shocked that's coming to PC. I'm sure very happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, but strange that it's 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 happening. You know, in, in a sense, it's it's a yeah. strange world we live in. You, you'll be able to play Spider Man with an Xbox controller on your PC, and it's crazy times that we live in. That was one I definitely I've, thought I'm we're gonna, gonna feel hold like on a rebel. to you tightly, but. I'm going to do it just to feel like a rebel, guys. That's it. Yeah. I don't care about Go Spider-Man. I don't really care about the PC or the PlayStation. I just want to feel like a rebel. Spider-Man and is that a is my input. game that you should totally play, even if it is with an oh. Xbox controller. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll forgive me? I'll forgive you for that, yeah. Um, right. Thanks. Yeah, like there was a lot of interesting stuff that... Uh, it's. <laughs> Again, there's been so, so much thrown at the wall happen. the last few weeks, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's like uh, yeah. Marvel Midnight Suns looks interesting, but I still want to see gameplay. Yeah. Um, well, there, there is some gameplay on the internet. Yeah, yeah there is yeah, some gameplay, like, uh, and it looks fine. At first, it was like, hey, Summer Games Fest, here's a good chance to show gameplay. Nope, just more cinematics. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a choice. Well, cinematics are pretty, though. I mean, it looks, it looks very cool. It looks very stylized. I'm very interested in the dark Marvel thing, but... Uh, <laughs> Nervous about the card games, the card game that. system. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, which is XCOM but not XCOM. It's weird. It's complicated. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was probably the Final Fantasy 16 uh, trailer, which we got at the very start of Summer Game Fest, as the mm-hmm. kind of part of it, not part of it thing. Um, <laughs> been dying to see more of that, and that was just enough to whet my appetite. The release date's farther away than I thought it was going to be, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Stray coming out next month to hold me over. So, <laughs> so um, weird. I'm so not weird. over it yet. It's I also coming to the PlayStation Plus service, which is a good get for, for Sony, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's a new move because we were used to games coming to Game Pass, but this is coming to PlayStation Plus, the first major like new release. Yeah. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and uh, actually, uh, Last of Us Part 1... I... So I bounced off of Last of Us twice now. I bounced off on a PS3 and on PS4 after the first chapter. Like I got to that stopping point and just never went back. It might get me this time. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I was actually more impressed with that than I thought it was going to be. Um, once you once you get the side by side comparisons, like it, it didn't look like right. much when the trailer leaked that I saw it. And I was like, okay, yeah. well it looks pretty, but then you put it side by side, you see the physical difference in the models and how they look genuinely human in a way that yeah they don't look weird surprising. like pixar figures anymore yeah and they didn't look bad before that either which is the weird oh, thing that was just like you were yeah. a cartoon, above yeah. And beyond, yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah those are my picks i i feel strange about part one because it's like i think it's one of the games with the fewest years between like launch and remake it's because it's like yeah. 2013 it's like nine years but then it had the remaster for ps4 so i feel like we've seen a lot of it yeah. recently right and it's not even bundled it look really good so. yeah it's not bundled with part two which i really thought it would be like i really thought they would have like oh this is the last of us ps5 bundle and you have like with the uncharted collection right you have one and two it's fine but i i'm a bit surprised that they're not doing this and i i'm wondering if they will include the multiplayer mode for part one which is factions even though they're doing the big online multiplayer stand standalone game um it, it's gonna be a weird time but it's coming september so we'll see i suppose really fast yeah dun, dun. 
Um, for me, mine are going to be unpopular opinions, I think. I know a lot of big things and big names have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, from the announcements, uh, the game that looked most interesting to me was Witchfire. Um, oh, that, yeah, was, that, was that was at the Xbox Showcase. Um, Chris, you can attest to how excited I was about the Xbox Showcase for anybody that That's... knows me. Dream come true, I am an right? Xbox being girl through and event. through. You would think so. Um, yeah, no, well, it, it I mean, was really paper, awesome yeah. to be able to be there. Yeah, on paper. Uh, but because they did just the next 12 months, it was very specific and limited. Um, but Witchfire actually caught my attention. It was something I didn't know about before. And it, it looks really interesting and up my alley. And I want to, you know, shoot fire and shoot guns. That's in that environment. All these things sound good. So I'm very curious about that. Um, I think they want to get it out by Q4 this year. So I'll wait patiently. And then the other thing that was actually my favorite game, maybe my favorite game to play while I was there, just for funsies. Brendan, you can judge how happy I was after I finished it. It was Escape Academy. It's it's an escape room video game. And there is actually, I didn't get to, like play the story because there wasn't time for all that nonsense but there's an actual story you're like <laughs> Brendan, that's my face um <laughs> there is an actual story uh involved and you can play it solo or mul- multiplayer but um it it was a lot of fun they sat me down with a complete stranger i thought we were just gonna get to go play and they're like no you have a friend now and he looked terrifying like he was wearing a mask not speaking i was like great this is gonna suck because escape rooms involve communication he and i were pals by the end like oh we had notepads we had to communicate i embarrassed myself a lot and hit the hint button by accident i don't know what game i play but the x button in some game i press a lot because that is the hint button we sucked but it was a lot of fun and and when i walked away from it Brendan has disappeared, but um, I was like, no, I want to play that. I want to play that with friends. I want to play that with my kids. Like it, it was a lot of fun. Now, to be clear, the kids would not be good at it, but they could feel like they're part of a team. It was good. I want to see the full. So wait, it's game. it's like Portal Two co-op style, right? Where like you need the part your partner to help you out with some obstacles, right? Um, no, not necessarily. You can play the game completely solo. It's okay. it's just. An escape room, right? You look around, you hunt for clues and puzzles and things like that. And um, it was it, it was more fun than I expected. I, I took it on. We've already covered a preview of it on CGM. But uh, I took it on because it was there. Why not? And I actually had a really good time. And I am insanely socially awkward. So to do that with a stranger, good for me. Brendan, what about you? You were really excited about the Samsung thing earlier. Maybe that was your favorite. Um, No, I think the... <sighs> There was a large variety of things I thought were exciting. I think the fact that what Microsoft showed off was coming in the next 12 months was a great way to go. I would have liked to see some Fable. I would have liked to see some Elder Scrolls 6, if that ever happens. Uh, But I think the fact they did focus on that time frame means that it's something to be excited for. It's easy to say, this game, here's a quick trailer. This game's coming in seven years. That's not easy to kind of jump in and be excited. Uh, what Microsoft managed to do was made it so what I saw, I know I'm going to be playing soon. And that's great. Um, Game-wise, I think the variety of things that were shown from Capcom, the Resident Evil stuff, I thought was really good. Uh, I have things to say about, like, there's a lot of there's a lot going on with Resident Evil, and I don't 
know how it all works. Like how I do. Do people really want to play multiplayer as a random thing? Is that a really big thing? Everybody's shaking their head. No, I have no idea. But just like, nope, that's a dumb I, thing. I did like how I, I liked the look of four, the remake of four, but it also seems like it's taking away some of that ridiculous charm that made mm-hmm. the Resident Evil series so bombastically fun. Uh, four was kind I of a landmark questions. adventure game. I have questions. Okay. You know what we haven't talked about that I feel like should have been a much bigger deal to you, and maybe I'm just dumb. Uh, Diablo Four is it? Diablo Four. Um, no, I've heard nobody talk about that since it happened. Is this not I a think, thing that we care about? I think, I think Immortal about taking some show. of the shine off that Apple T, right? Like. Yeah. No, I also think the what they've shown. They've shown that basic concept a few times. The, the Necromancer's new. That's great, uh, but. Immortal kind of came out recently, and while the gameplay is solid, the monetization really makes it insidious. And as much as I think Diablo 4 looks great, if it has that level of monetization, to any degree, it'll spoil the experience. I don't care if a game's a live service. I don't. Diablo 4 2, I played that back in the 90s. It was great. It had an online mode. It was fine. I, but I don't necessarily need to see a game they're justifying the the monetization due to an online service that they are forcing upon us and that to me just doesn't work so that is not brendan's favorite announcement sorry interrupted (laughs) and i and i think you can see that with diablo immortal which just came out recently and how badly that's been received because again i think there's been like some Twitch streamers spent like a ludicrous amount of money and he didn't even get like one of the best, like, yeah, he didn't even get like the five star, like the best, you know, armor set, like item in the game or like one of them. And it's like, how, how do you expect this to work? And it's difficult. I mean, I Mm -hmm. feel if that game was announced, oh, they brought Diablo 4 first and it was solid. And then they brought a model out. People are like, yeah, well, that's the that's the mobile game. Who cares? But because they brought a model on PC, people really could kind of inspect how things work, stream it, and things like that. Mobile games, people expect to be insidious. Mm. Would have been forgotten, fine. But as soon as you have that PC audience, PC audience is like, I don't want this. I want just another game that is good. And you've made a core experience that's fun. And then you've made it bad by not letting me enjoy it past full, past the storyline. There you go. Yeah, it's a weird time for anything out of Activision Blizzard, too, weird. right? Like, yeah. But that being said, I think um, the sh- what they showed off during the Xbox preview was a well produced series of shots. It shows what the game's going to look like. It shows what like, how the verticality is going to work. It showed how the, the, the it is going to be a much more intervolved Diablo experience. But when you have that specter above it saying, yeah, I'm going to monetize the hell out of this game, it makes it feel less exciting. Like if Forza was shown off and saying, yeah, we're going to find a way to make you pay for every one of these reflections in these cars, you'd be like, well, I don't... I don't I'll find a way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Gran Turismo did it, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they did, and I don't think that's good. I don't think it's just Activision that does this, but yeah, I think it took a, some of the luster off that experience, and I think that's sad because it was really well produced. 
I've been kind of feeling that with the Overwatch 2 stuff as well. Like, yeah. I, I loved Overwatch originally when it came out, and I part of me is excited to get back into this and kind of give Activision Blizzard a fresh start because they've been changing things, and you know. But then they come out and say, "Hey, sign up for our beta today." Also, mm. you can pay fifty-six dollars Canadian to get guaranteed a spot in the beta and get a bunch of bonus stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. isn't like, the I, fact I don't. It's also going to be free to play. It's, it's it is yeah. They've released like, a, like it's like a founder's pack essentially is what this new thing is. Yeah, they've released a roadmap for it today, yeah. and it's it's one of the most disappointing announcements I've seen in a long time. Simply because yeah. so there's there's a battle pass like in Fortnite, and then they were like, oh, new heroes are launched, three new heroes or something are launched, and then in November, December as well. But then the PVE, which is the thing that changed the most, the thing that people have you know are most curious about. It's coming next year sometime. And it's like, ooh, you really missed the landing with this. Like with Halo Infinite, no co-op campaign at launch. Ooh, you really missed it, you know? Yeah. But I yeah. think it's the fact that the base game is basically built on the old Overwatch. So they add a few heroes, change the formula. That's easy. The PvE stuff is building a new thing. And that's taking them more time to build. Also, it seems like there are a lot of problems right now. So who knows? Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a whole mess. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of things that we did like what uh we had an idea for a segment called hey that was stupid uh, where <laughs> yeah. we talked about some of the weird uh things that pop up at any conferences like this and there was yeah. quite a bit of it i'll go first the rock uh coming out it uh, well not coming out at uh, stargates fest he yeah. phoned in from his gym uh his own personal gym yeah, right. Like just kind of like, hey, what's up, nerds? I'm I'm the jock here to bully you. Uh, talking like he was not... cutting a WWE promo like from 20 years ago and yeah. just yeah. plugging all his stuff and showing the exact. He was pl- plugging this like energy drink, right? Like Tiki mm-hmm. something. Yeah, basically everything he's got, you know, some kind of financial stake in, you know, just it was, like, hey, the, the problem with best, was... here's my multimedia like, project. It's... It really felt like Jeff Keighley phoned him and, and said, hey, do you want to be in some game fest? And he's like, can I plug things? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he made sure he filled that five minutes with as much things he could plug. Because hey, Chris. He was like, yeah. Hey, that was stupid. Nice. I liked it. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> but, uh, that was stupid. It was that was stupid. stupid. Uh, I, I don't have any original ideas. I'm stealing them all from you guys. So you guys go ahead. I can go a second. Okay. Showing only two seconds of our reverse. That was stupid. That was yeah. stupid. They, they only showed exactly one clip because I, I think they're so embarrassed to show the, the game off. I think they just, they're like, oh no, we announced it. It's going to come out. It was already delayed. And it's just like the mandatory, like, this exists, but like, we don't want to acknowledge it. it. It's like, you know, it's fine if you just like, we'll, we'll not. Yeah, it's fine if we forget about it. We won't tell you again. So, you know. Well, you mean you already had that weird um, Umbrella Corpse game? Oh, that was horrible. Horrible. So I mean, like, just, it, it would have been better if they just didn't release it. So, you know, maybe don't. That'd be great. Maybe don't. Yeah. So, Dana, hey, that was that was stupid. Hey, stupid. that was stupid. That was stupid. Um, also, yeah. So, Persona. Great, you're coming out with a P3, P4, P5 on Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Great, love it. Not releasing mm-hmm. on Switch, the juggernaut of JRPGs, when most of these are portable games to begin with. That was pretty stupid. What's going on? Come on. And and Strikers came on Switch. 
And it's like, why not, Atlas? Like, what? Oh, you're missing so much money. Please. Just please. I want P4 Golden on Switch. Please. Please. You you can have it on your Vita. At least you you can still play it on your Go. And on the Steam Deck now. So, this Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's just I, I, the Steam or the Switch would be so perfect for it, right? Like, yeah, that's agreed. And uh, Steam decks are hard to come by, even mm-hmm. if they will play uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake as of tomorrow. But uh, yeah, that was pretty silly not to have. Yeah. I mean, was it again, stupid? Maybe it was. It's money on the table. It's stupid. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe they'll <laughs> say something at the next Nintendo Direct whenever that happens. But uh, for now, that was pretty. Stupid. We'll see. Um having all the events like overlapping hey that was stupid still i got i can't I mean, remember i feel that someone needs to talk about this arcs 2 thing go for it that could be you go ahead uh, yeah that was uh, so i mean i really want more vin diesel in my games i mm-hmm. really do i love how he has that entire studio devoted to putting his face in games um do you know what i didn't know i needed his face in a dinosaur game <laughs> but it, it's it's just like the face doesn't match the body it looks like oh. it's just been because because it's like it, it it totally like is cut off at the head yeah. and it's just like this, this strange like whoa his face superimposed on this model and i'm like oh it looks bad as well it looks, it looks, <laughs> so it looks like it's just a random arc model but what if it had, had been diesel's face on it right and they did that and it was done yeah a, it didn't it choice. didn't make any sense it doesn't I don't know why bother because Ark didn't really have a storyline to matter. It, just so many choices were involved, and none of them made any sense. <laughs> and it was a ten-second hey, trailer. That was stupid. It was really <laughs> it's real stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I see also, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but hey, having every single trailer for the first hour of the mainstream be set in space and also kind of edgy and dark. Not the best decision. No. I don't want to say it was stupid mm-hmm. necessarily, but you can we pace space, things darkness. out a little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That was fair. Although what this I is, really this is great. It's like airing at the grievances. It's like Festivus. It's I like really therapy. Wanted... It's like group therapy, you know? Uh, I really wanted them to have a trailer for Dead Space Remaster after the Castillo mm. project because that... At least the protocol, right? That's protocol, yes. That's <laughs> Because it's made by the guy that made Dead Space. So it'd be really fun to just have those right next to each other, like combating, like which one, which weird space dismemberment game do you want? There you go. At least, at least the protocol is coming December, not January. So at least it comes before. Because Dead Space is going to be like a known quantity. Like they, they're not going to mess it up to the extent that it's going to be horrible no matter what they do. Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Oh, I, I have one good one. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, so Spider-Man is coming to PC, right? Remastered looks great. Yep. So is Miles Morales. Didn't mention it. Right. That's Why not? Dumb. That was that was stupid. Why not say, hey, we have the Spider-Man collection, Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Both of them are coming to PC. No, they they really emphasize Miles Spider-Man remastered, as in the first game, only showed Peter Parker in the suit, not Miles. And then to find out five minutes after the show that like no, both of these games are coming. That was stupid. Yeah. That is weird. No That's reason not to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Market is a double nope. punch, right? Like yeah. selling point Miles Morales came out. It's got both games in it. This with this one edition. And that yeah, why would you not for them? promote that? I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I also do not get that. So Money there. On the table. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's right. uh, we vented a little bit. That's uh, that was good. I feel better. It was good. It was Not to sound like we're negging on people, but uh, you thanks know. for being with me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last summer games fest topic before we wrap up today. Uh, you know, we lot there was a lot of stuff announced, a lot of stuff that should have been in our sorry, there was a lot of stuff that was announced, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that should have been announced as well, or we thought would be announced. Okay, so what kind of stuff did you guys think was going to be at the fest and didn't end up being shown over the last two weeks? Okay. So that I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to answer my own question. Um, I didn't necessarily what, think it was going to rebel. I didn't think, I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen, but it doesn't mean I didn't want it to happen. As we discussed, huge Xbox fan. Yeah. Um, uh, my brother, I think I was in grade nine. He bought me a crystal Xbox for Christmas. I got Fable. I skipped Christmas that year and abandoned my family. And I've been like addicted to video games ever since. So I was really hoping that even if it was just like a the name, just something Fable while I was at the Xbox event. And that's 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 the the fan in me. I was really hoping. Mm-hmm. Something about that, Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age, these are all huge things for me. So yeah. I was hoping, but womp womp. Yeah, Dragon Age came close because we got to the title announcement for the sequel or for the next game and the announcement of the Netflix series, but Yeah. It, I get you. It wasn't quite what you were looking for. I wanted more. What is happening? Uh what about you guys? Uh, one thing that I was kind of hoping to see and wishing that to see, uh-huh. uh, to use your original uh, phrasing that I see. forgot to use or didn't use, um, <laughs> I thought we'd see a, a Nintendo Direct this week. I really thought they'd be right, like, hey, same, same. June 29th is the current rumor for the Direct. That's what everyone's saying. June 29th. Mark it yeah, down, yeah. There was speculation before the fest when, uh, when there were some leaks about uh, mm-hmm. Neon White, a game you just reviewed. Uh, mm-hmm. People thought, hey, that's dropping on this date, so which means it's probably going to come out the same day as the Direct and all this stuff, and that didn't turn mm-hmm. out to happen. Um, but yeah, we really need it. We really need something, because mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo was apparently, reportedly, allegedly sitting on a fully finished final or, uh, Fire Emblem game. Yeah, that, that leaked. Be announced. Um, you know, maybe there's more Persona news for Nintendo. Just mm-hmm. you know, updates. Bayonetta 3 is supposed to happen. Splatoon mm-hmm. 3 is still coming. We got a lot of stuff we need to hear about. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And they change. Yeah, Xenoblade and Splatoon change swapped positions as well. Yep. And that, so Xenoblade is also coming. So they need an update on that because it's coming soonish. Yeah, so. it's coming in like the next like four months, I think. Yeah, August, September, something like that. Yeah, it does. Xenoblade's in the end of July and then um, Splatoon at the start of September. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that long. So there we go. Anything else we wished that we'd, uh, we'd seen at not E3 slash Key 3 slash Summer Game Fest? Um, I I really wish we we see Bloodborne remaster. Like I really, uh, I, I think there's a lot of buzz. I think uh, at this point it's strange that it hasn't happened. It's one of those like easy wins for me that it's like the internet has been shouting about this for the longest time. And with Elden Ring, I feel like. When Keely presented Elden Ring last time at the Game Awards, he was like, oh, this is it. This is the big moment. I think Bloodborne can have like that kind of like massive, you know, reception. And it's strange to me that there's always rumors about it. There's always speculation. There's always buzz. 
and we've not reached a point yet where like it seems to be happening. And this is kind of my thing with Silent Hill as well, and which is why I expected it to be here. There's like rumors of like three or four Silent Hill projects. Oh, Bluebird team is doing this, or like this team is doing this. It's weird that there's things that we've heard about from like months or even years at this point that just don't materialize in any like way. And it's like I don't think the insiders are wrong. Or like even the sources are mistaken. I think there's just so many things like happening at the same time. But it's even an acknowledgement of like, hey, we're working on something Silent Hill. Even a title screen, right? Even Dragon's Dogma just too, just being like, hey, we're working on it. Just, okay, it's fine. It's out there. It's strange that it's not happening. I think um, Sony bought Bluepoint and they own the license for um, Bloodborne. So I could definitely see them working on that. It might not right. be ready yet because that that Demon Souls um, remaster they did took a while to get done. Mm-hmm. So it is possible it's just not ready to show, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna just take a bit to get this right." Mm-hmm. That, but also, Bluepoint is working on a new IP. They said so. They're certainly, they're also owned by Sony, so they could they could do yeah. whatever they want. I think they have a they have a, no, it's not actually that big. It's seventy people, but still, they know what they're doing. They are good at doing that thing. Um, <laughs> But I think the Silent Hill stuff is weird because who knows how far along any of those games are, if any of them will actually come to be. Like, remember, Capcom, sorry, uh, Konami, let's be clear here, has canceled more Silent Hill games than I think we will ever know. They, they Absolutely. Them, they canceled them. They there was a racing game in production once. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not surprised we didn't see anything from that. I think they're riding this wave right now where people are really excited about Silent Hill and hoping that they can get something done in time. But I'm not holding my breath. It's going to be good. And I think... Yeah, I so I'm not surprised we didn't see anything. Blooper team showed their layers of... Layers? Layers, the two of them, yeah. <laughs> sure. All two of them. <laughs> um, I just don't think the Blooper team are the best... Or Blooper team, I don't know how you said, are the best... Blue studio for a properly designed Silent Hill game because those are subtle horror and Blooper Team are great at in your face. Look at this really horrible thing that happened. Isn't that scary? Mm. So, but I hope they have other studios apparently working on it. There's apparently three projects in the That's three, yeah. yeah. So maybe one of them will be good. But remember last time maybe. We three, remember last time we did three projects at once? How many of those were good? This always goes well for every publisher, right? But with Silent Hill, even an HD collection that's not awful it would go a long way. Yeah, would go a long way, right? They didn't have the code for like, yeah, we don't have finished code. Make it work. And we go, okay. Speaking so of uh, Silent Hill, actually, it uh, reminds me that I kind of thought we'd see something, something Metal Gear Solid, like um, I didn't, rumors of that remastered collection. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I th- and I th- oh, let's go. Let's go back to things stupid for a second. Uh, yeah. The um, Kojima announcement. I was. Gonna He's going to do actually, things, yeah. and it was like, "Oh, what does this mean? What does this game mean?" And everyone's like, "We're going to boycott whatever he makes." And everyone's like. He's making a game for Xbox. He didn't say exclusive. He just says he's using the power of the cloud. Oh, but it's it's certainly exclusive. That's and that was the flex, right? You bring Kojima, and uh, that's not even like you bring Kojima in because of threat. value. <laughs> yeah, you bring Kojima in because PlayStation used to have him for the longest time, yeah. and now you're like, yeah, but like this, like MVP, like this genius, is also on our team, right? It's like 
it's more like about a statement of intent to me. It's not even like we don't care about the game because the game is vaporware; it doesn't exist right now. It's all about like I'm going to do things using the power of the cloud. I guess. Yeah. So, but it's about prestige. That game might never happen if you're something else. Yeah, that that, that was a weird thing altogether because, okay, he comes out, well, oh my God, it's Kojima. He says, I'm going to make a thing that sounds, it basically describes, you know, Death Stranding and like, I'm going to do something really weird and up my alley and all this stuff. Okay, so you're going to make a Death Stranding for Xbox. Cool. He says, this is going to be the the second Strand game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of walking, you ride a unicycle. Oh, okay. People love cloud gaming. Yeah, that's been such a success so far. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, my God, Microsoft got, got Kojima. And Kojima's like, quality, like, it's fine. I'm still working with PlayStation. It's, it, I, I still got you guys. Good relationship. He, he definitely it was just a weird after, scene that, all around. There's an announcement that Kojima still has a strong tie with PlayStation, and most of his projects will be coming there as well. So, like, so, so that was the, the thing. The, <laughs> Death Stranding 2 is already apparently in development. And mm-hmm. anyways, so this other thing he might be working on eventually... Kojima takes forever to get anything done. Not so. true, though. The Stranding, the Stranding went from, like, Kojima Productions to, like, finished game in three or four years from established studio to, like, shipping that game. That was a pretty fast, like, double-A, triple-A turnaround. But it had very little in the world. Right. You're right. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah, he kind of... <laughs> he, he definitely did... Uh, start taking longer to do things after Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, that was, you could see the prolonged development for whatever reason. There was a bunch of factors behind each of those, but... uh, I mean, I just... I'm not, like, going to be angry by that announcement one way or the other. Until it's a real game... Who cares? Yeah, it's like yeah, like like you like you do all the all the algebra on everything that was said. It's like okay, Kojima might as well have just said, "Hey, Hobby Summer Games Fest," and that would have been as as Xbox. (laughs) The Azure Cloud seems kind of cool. I guess maybe I'll use it. Peace. It's like where's cloud gaming going to be by the time Kojima finishes this game? Like. That's, and that's it's on a cocktail napkin in his office at this point, for all we know, and that, that's it. So, and I think he's at a meeting, and he's like, "Yeah, Azure is cool. I'll build something for." I think like, he yeah, built it out of Lego video. first. I, would, I, would, I don't think it I would watch Kojima build Lego. Yeah, <laughs> I it would also, yeah, it doesn't. But it would, it would be in theory cool to have a killer app for the cloud, right? For the Xbox Cloud thing. And they've already done that. There was Forza, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we're just going to turn that off because it doesn't really do anything." Right, right. Yeah, I remember that with Forza. Yeah. That was the like their um, their AI like ghost you, drivers, it, and everyone's like, "It's it still really work well." It's still it's still in four and five, and it's strange because I have my friends on my friends list, and I see them driving past me, and I'm like, "But you're not." It's not. It's not my friends. It's just the AI. Yeah. But it's it's my friend's name, and I'm like always like, ah, this is makes me feel kind of kind of weird inside. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like this weird empty friend. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the dumbest thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. How did we get uh, to the dumbest thing? We uh, were back we, on our favorite <laughs> thing, what we wanted. We were, we were talking about Silent Hill, and he's often tied to Silent Hill for some reason. Yeah. Silent the Hills, it was right? Konami at the time, and I think he might have like put in a special thanks credit or something at some point. I'm gonna need a map for how we got to this conversation later. It's but... fine. It's because things oh. didn't show up that we wished for, and that's stupid. That you know, all our yeah. also hey, we're not catered that was to. stupid. That was yeah. stupid. Catered everything I want. <laughs> yeah. Speaking again of things that I wanted to see, Silsong doesn't have a release date. 
And that is that is a strange decision to be in the next Xbox conference and Xbox say confidently, hey, everything launches in the next 12 months and then Silksong ends and then there's no date. And then on Twitter, they were like, hey, why did you say everything is going to release in the 12, next 12 months when Silksong doesn't have a date? And Xbox was like, oh, but it, it will. And it's like, okay, then so give it a date in the trailer. Or yeah, that's going to be something they just wanted to show off, and then like in six months they'll be like, "Oh, it got pushed." Just whoops. kidding. It's right. three well, years it's, it's like that day. it's like the whole uh, Persona like announcement thing again. Like exactly, like, yeah. Uh, Game Pass. By the time we woke up in the morning here on the East Coast, it was like, yeah, it's coming to the other systems too. Yeah, it's going to be that because Silk Song and Hollow Knight kind of started more with Nintendo, so I feel like Nintendo yeah. has. On the, on the release date. Nintendo has a date. When the Direct comes out, they have the date. Oh, that would be a flex. Exactly, right? Like, it's like Xbox is like, yeah. hey, come on, let us show the date. No, we're with Nintendo on this one. It's like, okay, well, here's... Slip Can it give us a trailer? Show the trailer, at least? Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll give you the trailer. <laughs> like, Well, if yeah. Nintendo is on the 29th, podcast is on the uh, the 30th. So. Yeah, there you go. That's my birthday, yeah? The 30th or the 29th? The 30th. All right. And we will celebrate on podcast with (laughs) Nintendo Direct. Best way. Wait, they do something. They announced it on Monday. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see, I guess. There you go. Uh, Edward, Um, do you want to talk about Neon White before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. So, I had a chance. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. So, I had a chance to review Neon White. Which was also featured at a summer game fest. They had like a trailer for it, and I think it's one of those games that I've been like kind of looking at for the past few months because it showed really well every every time it came up. And then it's uh, it's a game from Ben Esposito, which made Donut County, County, and I really liked it. Even though I found it, it was like two hours, three hours long. So I, that was one night for me. But I do remember like it being funny, it being joyful, it being playful. Neon White. Uh, as opposed to Donald County, is extremely different. It's an it's a very anime inspired, Dreamcast era puzzle platformer means Quake style FPS meets a virtual sim, and I love it. I think it's like one of my favorite games of the year. Definitely, actually, second only to Elden Ring for me. So I I do really like it a lot. And it's not even a game that I expected to love as much as I I do because it's very speedrunning oriented. The entire point is kind of to go as fast as you can, to clear levels as fast as you can. And it also has after you were like, oh good, other people liked it too. It wasn't just me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because to me, it felt it felt like this is such a um niche product for like such a small margin of 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 the gaming community that i didn't know how it was going to be received also because part of its platforming is based on on this card system that they have so in order to use your abilities which propel you forward or you know allow you to use different abilities you have to discard cards you constantly picking them them up you're, shuff- you're shuffling you're swapping them so i was like oh it's a lot of elements thrown together and i'm not sure it will appease any one major category and i still think it doesn't like if you love if you love anime you will like some of it if if you're a guy that's like or a person that's like oh i'm into story i want or i'm here for the visual novel aspect of it i don't think there's enough there for you to just 
come for that in Neon White. But if you love speedrunning or if you love FPS uh, games, especially like Quake, Doom, if you love stuff like Hotline Miami or Ghost Runner, um, games that you know are completely focused around you being very fast and clearing obstacles like in new interesting ways this is a blast and um it really is one of the funniest games i've played in a really long time it really makes a lot of jokes about internet humor there's there's a, a reference to like alternative girls it's very charming it's very witty even though i don't think the story is very interesting it's pretty kooky color it's very shonen anime you're like oh there's a there's a hero and you know something happens and then plot uh, twists and turns it's very very anime but uh i love it and again i was surprised to see it be received so well because it's not a game that you see often and i think it had a lot of like elements that don't gel together but it really found a way to mix it mix it uh into this one game and it's 15 hours long it's about 30 dollars canadian which i think is an excellent price for it so like every single thing i think that this game does is fantastic and it's well executed cool i dig it yeah this was a neat one because like when it came up like when when our code came in and you volunteered for it i was like i never heard of this thing looks weird like i don't really get it and then all of a sudden when people were using that as the basis for like oh hey is there gonna be like a nintendo direct this week people Mm -hmm. were like oh my god finally like neil white i've been waiting for this one and it's one of those ones that kind of snuck under the radar and just seems couldn't quite parse it when it when i was watching the trailers and all that so (laughs) it's interesting it's diverse and and that was kind of the marketing as well. Like uh, I mentioned this in my review, but Ben Esposito had a, an interview with Game Informer, and, and he was like, "I'm not trying to get, make a game for everyone. I'm I'm trying to make a game for freaks like myself." And he was he one of the taglines for the game is actually made by freaks for freaks, which I think is a yeah. interesting move because it's a bad marketing play. Everyone nowadays wants it to tell you good. how like right. Uh, everyone today wants to tell you that hey you can jump into this game it's very accessible like Street Fighter 6 very accessible to everyone if you haven't played fighting games jump in Neon White is not this Neon White is exactly like hey if you don't like anime or speedrunning or like this exact aesthetic that's like you know 9 inch nails you're not gonna have a good time and it's unabashedly like hey we don't care we just wanna make the kind of game that we love and what I found really interesting and testament to me of this passion is Ben Esposito, when I played the game, the game has leaderboards for every level. He was number one for every single level. He's also one of the main level designers, but like he was number one. So you can see like he loves this, you know, like he he's not only designing this game, but he is also playing it. And he spoke to Game Informer again about like how when he, uh, there was a close beta for this game, he was surprised to see players be him or be his time in so many ways. And it's like, yeah, I, I can tell that he and his team really live for this kind of experience and really live for this kind of game. And it's it's it really shows in when you play it, I think. So that's why I, I, I love it because it's just full of like, you know, new interesting things. And it's the type of game that we we don't make nowadays. We don't make cult classics anymore in this way. We don't make games that we don't expect will sell millions. And I, you know, with my score, it's a 9.5. I was like, yeah, I love it. And I want to, you know, sing, sing its praises. It's, it's really, really good. Again, not for everyone. Absolutely not. You know, if, if you want an easy experience, this is not really the game. If you want to clear every level on, on, on a bronze medal or a bronze time, that's not really the point. If, if you don't like replaying levels, 
uh, not really your kind of game, probably. But I think for the people that it targets, like it nails it absolutely. It's meant for who it's meant for, and right crushes it. Good. It's I'm it's happy, to happy. yeah. To me, it's like going to see an an indie house film, right? People who are into it will be into it and, you know, it'll be get nominated at Oscars, but then it won't win most popular film. It won't be nominated. It would, it's not the end game of games. It's more like, I don't know, whatever A24 film comes out and uh, it'll, that it'll, just it'll a, that a select. Yeah. Right. An indie so, game. Yeah. One of the best ones. Yeah. That, that well, weird art house movie that ends up on like the best picture ballot these days. 100%. And then no one then they yeah. watch it. And, yeah. Who's seen this? Yeah, exa- exactly that kind of that kind of experience of like, it, unless you're in, and uh, it was fun today. I was watching streamers get their hands on it, and everyone loved it from the get go. There were so many people waiting for it to drop when it dropped today. So I I was there to like watch them experience it for the first time. A few of them, and there's a lot of buzz. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of buzz, and even the re- the reviews that are on the on the lower scale, like it's sevens and eights, and I think that's great. You know, it's currently at an eighty nine or ninety on Metacritic. I think that's well deserved if surprising for the type of game that it is speaking of the uh of the, the replay aspect of the game too i won't go into my whole review for teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge but like that's another game that's going to be like that's a replay game like the game itself is not that long it's going to be all the people who want to play on the hard difficulties with a bunch of friends and max all the characters out like it's a very much very similar kind of game that also came out this week yeah, and and with Neon White, the last thing I want to say, I'm not really this type of player that's like, oh, I want to get the best time, or like, oh, I really want to beat my friends. But Neon White really succeeded in making me want to be that person, really want to get into speedrunning, really want to like get good for real. And part of it is the leaderboards, because I saw so many game journalists as well reviewing it with me, and I was like, oh, this is the guy from The Escapist reviewing it. I'm like, oh, I can be better than The Escapist guy, you know? So I, I really wanted to push myself for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and and so it was really quite fun, and you know, it's it encourages you to get better, and it's 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 really one of those games that like really gives you hints when you play it as well. You can see your own ghost. It really has facilitates this like um, you know your desire to to speedrun things and to speedrun levels, and yeah, I, I think this is one to replay for sure, and I I expect like. Some uh, games done quick will have will probably feature it to some to some extent, and that will be that will be crazy. But amazing, awesome, sweet. Well, I think that's gonna <laughs> do it for us for tonight. Um, if you'd like, you can read more on these topics, including Ed's review on Neon White, my review on Shredder's Revenge, and Brendan and Dana's reviews or impressions from uh, Summer Games Fest, all on cgmagonline.com. You're getting uh, them all well, weekend. Yeah, it'll be trickling out. And actually, got a, I've almost done a review that's going to be my first 10 out of 10. Really? So, <gasps> Ooh. No. I'm actually going to have to read it. No, I'm kidding. You're going to have to read it. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> um, but yeah, be sure to follow CG Magazine on all the socials. Uh, just search for CG Mag. You'll find us as we test it out at Niagara Falls Comic Con. Uh, if you search CG Mag by some combination, you'll find us on, on there. It's uh, a weird place it's a weird Google's a weird place. If you have any questions <laughs> or comments, though, you can send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. Ed, it was good to have you back on again. Where can people find you? Yeah, thank you for having me. They can find me at Edward Gafton on Twitter. That's basically my name. If you can find me, just find the review for Neon White and then click on my name. 
you'll figure it out. And I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on YouTube. But yeah, on CG Mag, read my review. I think, yeah, that's that's something to endorse for now. Thank you. That helps us. <laughs> Chris. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, you pointed at him. You screwed it up. I, you tried. I, I forgot that we need to discuss how we're doing this because we forgot. It's been, it's been two weeks. It's fine. I don't think we did it successfully the last time. We have it not. Yeah, we have not yet done this. No. So we need a reminder. Anyway. I am Dana. I am on socials at the Dana Eileen. Uh, good luck spelling my name. It's on the screen. If you're watching this, it's not if you're listening. So find me on CG Meg because it. it's there. That's a good plug there. I'm down for that now. Uh, I am on Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can't come to my Facebook. That's private. Uh, good luck. Subtly one of you two. <laughs> I'll go. B four twenty six on everything. You can find me. I'll always. You can tweet at me if you want to. I'm happy to talk to anyone. That's true. He needs friends. <laughs> I do, uh, and you can catch me on Twitter at Hugathy or here on Twitch at Guilds Two Taps. Uh, so from all of us here at CG Magazine, thanks for tuning in. I will catch you next week. Bye.